Um, so I had a scary body horror story I wanted to share with you guys. Um, after, you know, thinking about the arachnophobia ending with like the flaming spider and like the blowtorch. Um, so I was very hungover yesterday and all my little brain and body wanted was a dab, a dab of marijuana concentrate. So I took my blowtorch to my little, you know, piece and heated it up, put some drugs on it, smoked the drugs, and then the, uh, f the, the boiling lava hot drugs fell onto my bare leg and instinctively I went to, you know, brush it off and took a large portion of my skin off with oh. it, thus revealing a fresh tattoo <laughs> underneath the layer of skin. So my tattoo really looks a little brighter, um, really. But yeah, that was, um, I experienced real horror yesterday and I just wanted you guys to know about God, it. God, that's so. a terrible, cat. you know what you should try? What? Crack. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds safer. I've been thinking about it. Welcome to Speak All Evil, the podcast you were warned about. I'm Trent here with Kevin, Kat, and Dave. Hello. Hi. Hello. Hi. Kat, we missed you last night. I miss you guys every night that we're apart. Oh. So. <laughs> <laughs> you always have the smooth <laughs> answers. You're good at saying what people want to hear. We had a yes. little uh, field trip last night, a little Speak All Evil team building exercise. Uh, Kevin and Dave and myself went to see X, the new movie written, directed, and produced by Ty West. Yeah, speechless. Wow. I think we all decided, you know, we've talked about uh, The Sacrament, The Innkeepers. We talked about House of the Devil on the Patreon. We talked about um, Honeymoon, which was the Ty West segment in VHS recently. I think we all agreed that X is the best of the West. I would say that right now X is top of the list for 2022 for me. Yeah, I loved it. I love Ty West movies, and they're always kind of a slow burn. I think every Ty West movie is a slow burn, like House of the Devil being the perfect example. I think he kind of like hit his mark here because if you're going to slow burn something, have the slow burn be porn. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's a really good point. I, I agree, and it's kind of long. X is, is an hour and 45 minutes, and... The first time I saw it, I was thinking like, man, I would love to shave 15 minutes off this movie and, and have it be a leaner and meaner 90. But when you think about what you would shave off, it would have to be like all the porn stuff and you can't, you have to have that in there. No. Yeah, no. that's what like brings the people the, in. Well, not only is it entertaining, but it's important to the story. Sure. You know, I think, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I read it for the I, articles. <laughs> I think that's what it was about X that I liked more than other Ty West stuff is I felt like the pace of it was way different. There was like super sudden things that happened. Like when violence would happen, there wasn't hesitation. There was no one-liner. It was like, oh my God, it happened. Yeah. And there was so many of the, those moments that uh, I feel like he usually draws you out a long, long time before he gives you anything. And on this one, I felt like he almost wanted to make the unexpected as far as the style that he's done in the past. There's sometimes a fine line between slow burn and atmospheric suspense building and just plain dull. 
and and Ty West plays with that line. The X is not dull at all. While while you're slow burning, you're not like bored. You, you know, there's enough <laughs> there's enough uh, porn going on. Well, no, it's not just that though. I feel like you're cheapening this movie <laughs> by kidding. saying that. I'm I was calling I was calling it um, uh, Boogeyman Nights. <laughs> it is it is true everything you guys are saying he really it feels like this time he just pulled out he kitchen sinked this one um and did it very very well and while it is a little bit long it's it's paced very very well and hell of a cast too i mean jenna ortega we just talked about in the new scream movie britney snow is in this i mean there are some really really good performances in the movie too Uh, mia goth plays two roles Kid Cuddy plays the stud of the um, film within a film. I think it's like the best Texas Chainsaw Massacre sequel. It's It takes place in 1979, and that's another strength of Ty West's is he always does that like era vibe. He's really good at the throwback yeah. era vibes, and he really nails that 70s grimy horror so much. And there are even, there are scenes like all the shots from inside the house going down the hall to the screen door. I mean, there are so many... I feel like we're doing the movie right now. <laughs> I'm just killing time. I feel like, I mean... It's not the I'm episode. I'm just killing time with some contemporary up-to-date stuff because I don't know how much we have to say about Cat's Spider Week. Whoa! Oh. Whoa! Shots fired. <laughs> Webs fired. Oh, <laughs> nice. Let's let's move on. Cat, it's your yeah. Spider Week. Yeah, Spider Week. I thought um, you guys would be pumped. Wait, you didn't... Say, did you... You said welcome to speak all evil and all that stuff. I did already. all that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That was way sorry. back. Well, I was about to go into Spider Week because we had we had already talked about X, and then I was announcing next week, and then Kevin just came barreling in back to X. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, all right, we we went on and on and on and on and on and on. And I thought, hey, I, thought I, I had to say about this movie, it's fucking good. <laughs> so we're gonna start with a 1990 film called mm. Arachnophobia. This was from uh, Frank Marshall who has directed some other films, I'm sure, um, produced a lot of stuff. (laughs) I I wonder how you would find out. Uh, Kevin, that's how I'm going to find out. Um, (laughs) So Arachnophobia starts off with this nature photographer, travels to Venezuela, um, does some photographing of venomous bugs and whatnot, um, and then is murdered by this apparently very evil venomous spider. Said spider hitches a ride back to California where an arachnophobe new doctor has just moved into town, right, to take over the the doctor business and, you know, start treating all the all the uh, the patients in the town. But as these new residents that he's come to know turn up dead, uh, Dr. Jennings must face his fears as he and a no-nonsense exterminator fight to stop a deadly infestation. Um, I've always been an arachnophobe myself, so it's no surprise that as a very young child first seeing this movie, it absolutely fucked me up. Um, I would say this is another classic case of being babysat by the television, and thus I have been left with irrational, irrational fears. Um, but rewatching it, I think it holds up. I think it was fun. I wouldn't say it was like terrifying as I once thought it was. Um, it's got 
some jump scares, but I'm kind of used to those kinds of jump scares at this point. So it wasn't groundbreaking for me, but I thought it was a fun watch. It was humorous. You know, we got John Goodman in there with his big old glasses and that was cute. Jeff Daniels is a great actor in general anyway. So him just playing this very uh, frightened man trying to save the town from all these tiny little spiders running around. Uh, it was fun. But yeah, so what the reason that these spiders came to be so dangerous is that Venezuelan spider, evil big boy spider, banged a whole bunch of regular house spiders in rural California and thus made a billion super venomous tiny baby guys just running around. So science could have happened. I'm not really sure. But yeah, it was, uh, it, it was fun. I'm sorry that you all enjoyed it so much. Uh, I got your back this week, Kat. Um, I think that you're co- going to come under some fire here. Thank uh, you. Both of the movies are pretty bad. I actually think the most <laughs> enjoyable part of the week was uh, learning about the movies. Um, but there's two things here with both movies. One, arachnophobia is something that I watched a ton as a kid. Again, another one of my grandma's VHS tapes where I can see her handwriting with arachnophobia across the little piece of tape at the end of it. Um, and I literally don't think I've watched this movie since. I think it's been an insane amount of years since I've watched Arachnophobia. So it was super fun to go back. But really good, really fun movie to research. The other movie that you picked, I have scrolled past on streaming services for 20 years and just never landed on it. So you made me watch it. And I'm actually glad that I did. Um, Arachnophobia is more... Um, speaking of slow burn, like we're talking about Ty West, not a whole lot of things happen in this movie until like the third act. Like there is the cool opening in Venezuela, which I did enjoy. And then not a whole lot of action. And then John Goodman shows up for some levity or additional levity because the whole thing is kind of treading on comedy the entire movie. And then you get the third act, which is just bonkers. Uh, I think my favorite thing about the movie is the fact that it's real spiders unlike the other Ooh. movie that we'll talk about, which is 100% CGI. <laughs> no. Uh, 2002 CGI. So I think that was my favorite thing. Um, I don't really have... I'm not really all that scared of bugs. So like maybe when I was a kid, this scared me. I don't really remember. I honestly just think I liked... I, I think I wish like Jeff Daniels was my dad or something, and that's why I enjoyed the movie. Um, it didn't really scare me. Um, but you know, watching it through the podcast lens, it was kind of fun to see all of these nineties recognizable actors. It's a massive cast. Um, I never knew that this was a Spielberg Amblin thing. And I never knew, uh, that Hollywood studios was like a Disney subsidiary started with the intention of showing movies that leaned towards older audiences. Um, and this was their first film that they put out. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm on the fence on this. I think it's kind of like a must watch, um, for any like cinephile. Um, but it did, it didn't hold up for me, but I have a lot of very fond memories. Jeff Daniels be my dad. I actually didn't hate this movie. Um, because like, I'm a big fan of like Indiana Jones and, uh, this gave me like the burbs vibes. Um, and, uh, I thought it was really quaint and cute that the spiders had agendas. <laughs> that was like the whole thing with it. That it was like yeah. the spiders, uh, they had intention. They wanted to do things and they were trying to murder. And uh, 
I don't know. I, I wished that this movie actually, there were some movies from this era that were as family friendly as this, but they're also kind of gory. And this one, I felt like it was a little not gory enough for me. Um, and I liked uh, Dr. Death. Um, <laughs> he's great. I, I forget what Julian Sands is from. Is he like the Highlander or something? But he's Warlock, like a bunch dude. Of weird... Warlock. Okay, I was close. <laughs> I was close. Uh, but yeah, I like this way more than I thought I would. I thought both movies this week were like a throwback to like 1950s monster movies. Yep, totally. And yeah. so they it, it made me like them more because um, it felt like an homage to classics that I used to watch, uh, you know, as a kid. So I appreciated that. Yeah, very much, um, very much an homage to monster movie classics in this one. I think it calls back to a lot of things like much, much older movies like King Kong, but even stuff like The Exorcist, where the movie starts out with, with like a prologue that is in a land far, far away. You're on the other side of the world somewhere in some strange, you know, exotic place or locale. And then that whatever happens there migrate somehow to the present day where you are in the story. Um, this is, you know, you talked about uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Dave. The Frank Marshall was a producer on Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, he hasn't, you know, he hasn't directed that many movies. He directed a live in 93 about, I guess, was the plane crash where they ate each other, I think. He yeah. directed uh, Congo in 95. Congo. Um, Great pinball machine. <laughs> which makes sense, but he was a producer on tons and tons of like big Hollywood type movies like Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, all the born Pretty much anything movies. Spielberg's name is attached to Frank Marshall yeah, so, and his wife, uh, Kathleen Kennedy, are on. Yeah, so it, it has that feel. And, and I like that. It kind of reminded me a little bit. Um, I talked about that with Kimmy and even like The Abyss. Sometimes you just know that you, you can tell right away you're kind of in the hands of a seasoned, a seasoned uh, craftsman or seasoned craftspeople. And even if it's not the greatest thing in the world, like you're, you're watching a movie made by some people who have done this a few times. Um, Frank Marshall also directed the um, Bee Gees documentary, How Can You Mend yes. a Broken Heart from oh. 2020. I so, want to talk about that. Interesting guy. Uh, big um, Bee Gees fan. I think uh, the main thing for me with this movie is you have to understand that it is a, a meticulous, quiet, kind of very gradual build to the climax. I actually threw this on one night, kind of like background, just to get a feel for it. And I think that helped me appreciate it more when I actually went to watch it because I was like, man, this movie really takes some time. It's not not in a negative way, but this is not a movie that's trying to like grab you with a bunch of you know, suspense and jolts or anything like that right away. It really takes its time, but it's so carefully built. It's so con carefully constructed that when that climax does get going, uh, it really pays off. And I enjoyed seeing John Goodman in 1990 oh, giving what? As Peter Griffin. <laughs> he's, uh, <laughs> he's the uh, exterminator. His company is Bug Be Gone or Bugs Be Gone, giving what we now know of as a, uh, we now know as a, classic John Goodman performance. I really, really liked this one. This, this actually I thought was a great pick, Cap. It's a very, very clever script. So you can put it on, like you said, Trent, like in, in the background, but you're going to miss a lot of like very, very yeah. clever lines that are foreshadowing. Um, 
You know, it was written by Don Jacoby and Wesley Strick, and Wesley Strick did Cape Fear. He wrote that. However, he would then go on to do, like, Nightmare on Elm Street 2010 and, like, a ton of really terrible things. So, yeah, we'll see how the how the scales tip. Uh, Don Jacoby wrote Evolution, which I thought this actually was kind of like, and he also wrote Life Force with Toby Hooper. The story set up to this, as far as Jeff Daniels, the main character, and his family is one that we've seen many, many times as a classic trope of the family or the person who retires to the countryside. Not retires because he's still going to work, but they move away from the big city, from the rat race, from the stress of the urban environment, and they think they're going to go to the countryside. He's going to be a small-town doctor, you know, treating kids with sore throats and stuff like that, kind of live the easy life. He's going to have a wine cellar, not a basement. So we we've seen that, and of course, it doesn't work out too well he ends up in the fight of his life as always happens in those movies another classic trope i thought was when uh, in the very beginning when they're um in the rainforest and the natives are taking them to where they want to go the natives pull the classic move that we just saw in nosferatu where the natives stop and they won't go any further nobody you know, goes just, there yeah they'll point you the way but they are not going with you that's when you know you're getting into some dangerous territory I guess I'm just curious or confused, I guess. Did they know that, like, this was like a new species of spider, I guess, that they were discovering? Yes. I thought it was really interesting that what Kevin said about this being a production that was made for boomers or something like that. What's the generation before boomers? No, it's more that Disney wanted to be able to put out, like, live action and not have like the Disney name attached to it and maybe start getting a little more adventurous mm-hmm. in their offering. So maybe like a young adult, you know, early adult, you know, sort of demographic, not not <laughs> for boomers. Oh, yeah, that's what I was thinking. I thought you meant like for like older people who want to watch movies that don't have any action. No, at just all, someone older that's, than that those that are going or... to Pinocchio. I don't know. I thought it was a good mix of the two. You know, it's something you could just throw on and be like, oh, it's kind of scary. Oh, Jeff Daniels is cute. Oh, everybody's having a good time. I don't know. I Was it financially successful yeah, in this, that way? Or? Yeah, this oh, makes yeah, money. It was. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was, it was like a, they was made a $20 it for million dollar budget. Mil? Yeah. And that made 53. And then some of the articles I found said that it made like another 30 mil just in rentals. I think it was big. Uh, it was a big on VHS. You know, outside of the production, it's kind of an 80s movie in a lot of ways. As a lot of the movies that happen on the the changeover year of the decade are pretty drenched in the previous decade's stuff. And I thought there was a lot of 80s kind of stuff in this. You have the bumbling bully cop straight out of the small town 80s movie. All the like small town stereotypes. Um, I loved when uh, Jeff Daniels uh, gets a job as like the, the team doctor at the high school. And he just has to go down the line of like basketball players and grab <laughs> it's the It's a really well shot just, scene. <laughs> <laughs> it's, so, it's so good. The ball grabbing lineup. There's a, I have a solid, question. solid 30 seconds of. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> what's the what's the point of that? Do you guys know? Well, he thought he was going to be the main doctor in the town, but the oh, no, old no, no, doctor no, no, no. wouldn't. Refer- She's talking about grabbing your balls and coughing. Why oh. you got to do that? Oh, yeah, that scene was great. I don't know. I honestly, it's Dave's never a little too me. excited about that. Scene. You've never. <laughs> I've had that done. 
But what I, is the point? What's the purpose? What are they checking for? I mean, I'm just grateful. But what <laughs> I got a hernia <laughs> test, and the guy who gave me the hernia test was like, uh, "Hey, man, I know you play guitar. Uh, what, what's your rig?" And he and he's holding my my testicles. <laughs> so is that? So it's. <laughs> Maybe it so has like, for a hernia. What are you doing, dude? Don't talk to me right now. Like, <laughs> that's. I was wondering why you would don't, have that done, Dave. Because uh, I didn't think you played <laughs> sports growing up. I was wondering because you mentioned that once before, actually, on a. I don't know if you remember this on a email band thread where you were, I think you were dressing people down for something or other, and you said one time the doctor grabbed my balls and told me to cough. Until now, that was the most embarrassing thing that had ever happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a hernia exam. Maybe, maybe that's why they do it. Because you're out there playing basketball, you could get a hernia. That's why I don't do sports, you know. Yeah, that, that part that's was why. like the most tongue-in-cheek this whole movie got. That was, the only, that was my only argument against this movie. I liked it or whatever, but it was almost like if there was a softer version of Steven Spielberg. Which I consider Steven Spielberg to be pretty damn soft. Yeah. No, this is this is a this is soft serve for sure. Um, I think it definitely had a lot of like seventies nature horror in it, like those movies like Frogs and Gator and all, all those kind of yeah. wildlife gone wrong. I mean, that's like that's Night a big of the part Leapist. of this. What's that? Night of the Leapist. Yeah, the, yeah, the exactly. Rabbit one. Yeah, there's a lot of that tradition in this, which I liked. Um, even like Gremlins kind of reminded me of that. You have um, a scene where Family Ties is on the TV. Yeah, I, th I think, honestly, what we're kind of talking in circles around here, this movie is almost uh, too well made. It's like a family the movie. The cast is almost too good. The script would... is, is very good. And, and there are, like I said, there are some clever things that you can you know, dig into in the script if you watch the movie with more focus, but it's almost like too well made to be impactful. Like, it's you a know, family film. You know how it's going to end. Like, there's, nobody's, you know, there's I don't no want to meaningful there's, is going to die. Um, I thought one of the most hilarious and like endearing parts of the movie was Dr. Jennings, Jeff Daniels' first patient. That was a fantastic character. And her arc was like really, really well done. And then building up to like what Dave said when Jennings' kids are like, "Dad, why are they calling you Doctor Death?" Um, but again, it's 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 almost like less like hilarious. I would say cute. This movie yeah. is cute. It, it's not really funny. I mean, I don't think I really laugh. Maybe maybe there's a couple lines, but you know, there's no gore, there's no graphic violence, there's no sex. It's as fun for the whole family. I I did appreciate. There's a scene at the end with Jeff Daniels battling like the queen spider or whatever. And it's like the thing, except it's Jeff Daniels with an aerosol can and a lighter. And he's, you know, fighting a spider instead of instead of uh, Kurt Russell with a blowtorch. thing. I love that scene at the end where he's trapped under one of his like wine racks and he's just chucking bottles of wine at the spider. <laughs> uh, and he comes across like the one bottle that he can't possibly throw. Like, here you are, life or death situation. And he's like, oh, not the whatever kind of wine it was. Um, and again, this this was a uh, probably like uh, equally fun to research uh, than watch. Maybe more fun. Um, that That final fight with Jeff Daniels took two weeks of 13 hour days and Jeff Daniels had to spend two complete days underneath that wine rack chucking bottles at the spiders and all of the spiders in this movie are real 
Yeah. And they basically were treated better than the humans on set. So every single thing that you see, like when spiders are, when Daniels is chucking the bottles of wine at the spider, they had to make sure that he was throwing them like three to four feet away from the actual spider. Um, when John, I would Goodman, kill a spider right now. When John, Good, <laughs> it's no, it's funny. I was in my garage yesterday. I am like, looking, <laughs> listening, listening to um, some commentary about this movie, and there's literally a spider walking across my garage, and I was like, I will not hurt you. Go do your thing. <laughs> Um, but like the scene where like Goodman like stomps on a spider, they built like a boot with like a hollow sole. Um, I mean, there's so many crazy things you can look up uh, about how they treated these spiders, like to get the spiders. Cause obviously you can't train a friggin' spider to get them to walk in well, certain directions. They figured out that they hated like lemon pledge and they would like line paths. They would use like currents. There's one scene, uh, the, the shower scene where there's a girl in the shower. You can see a string attached to the spider. If you look really closely, you can actually see the string attached. Um, and they would like attach it with like a little bit of wax around its uh, abdomen so that they didn't hurt them. Um, lot of care taken to uh, spiders, which I, I guess you have to kind of appreciate. Well, if you do care for spiders and maybe you have a, a pet spider at home or whatever, one thing to know is spiders love toxic waste. So make sure you keep your spiders away from any toxic waste you might have in your house. If this movie was made today, every uh, horror blog review would say that it's uh, about overcoming childhood trauma. <laughs> I think you can say that for any up. movie that we're talking about. But since but since it's 1990, we don't have to do that bullshit. No, it's no. just. I was going to bring up. Spiders. I was like, this is about a man overcoming his fears yeah, to save yeah. his family. Well, if it, if it was going to be made today, Trent, as of 2018, James Wan was talking about how he was trying to get a full-on horror remake of this movie done. I'd see that. I would like to see a hard version of this movie. Yeah, I could go for a hard version of this. You're not far off, I'm not going to lie. Anyway, the next pick for this Spider-Cat week is the cinematic masterpiece that is Eight-Legged Freaks. Oh, I know this was a first watch for some of you this week. Yes. So I was very happy to finally, you know, uh, put some of my horror movie knowledge into y'all's brain. Thank you. Um, and really open up your horizons. Um, you did. Thank you. Uh, this is a 2002 flick from Alori Elkayam, is how I'm going to pronounce that name. Don't think he really did anything else. So it all starts with a lonely little man in his lonely little spider retail farm of exotic spiders that he raises and then sells to people. This little budget-friendly guy goes and collects little crickets and bugs from the local watering hole to feed to his spiders. However, due to a uh, toxic waste leak accident from a truck, these uh, little crickies are covered in toxic waste, thus being ingested by the spiders. So these cute little baby spiders go from uh, normal normal exotic spider size to SUV sized 
monsters terrorizing this Arizona town that our boy David Arquette has come back to stake his claim for the mines that have um, that have propelled this town in the past. It's pretty self-explanatory, but I love this movie still. It's a very nostalgic horror movie for me. I think I literally watched it a dozen times when I was like 10 years old. Um, it's, it's a fun take. We were talking before on like the classic movie monsters. It's a fun take on, you know, this giant bug takes over the town, kind of a horror movie. Uh, what makes it fun for me uh, is the massive, massive amounts of comic relief that happened throughout the film. We have a lot of funny guys in there just dropping jokes and making, making yucks all over town. I love the weird CGI spiders. I didn't think they were that bad looking. I thought for the mid 2000s, it was good. Comparatively to other things I've seen even recently, I was pretty into it. Also, I think the overacting that happens in this movie is exactly what it needs. It's super perfect. David Arquette's just screaming at things. It's a very far cry from his like semi-serious, you know, scream role to just like screaming about eight-legged freaks. Just... I also like that all of the spiders were different. Like it wasn't just one big kind of spider. It wasn't just like a few like big kinds of spiders. It was all these different kind of spiders that have different, you know, ways of murdering their prey. So it, it, it made for a lot of fun deaths, like fun, you know, hunt scenes. I thought it was, I thought it was cute. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I like how, how these spiders also had a vendetta and they all had little personalities and like they would like giggle and like make weird noises and like try to hunt all these humans. Um, but yeah, I just I feel like this is the jaws for spiders. And, you know, I really appreciate that. I liked this one. I, th- I thought this was a good contrast with arachnophobia because where that one is such a uh, meticulous, slow build this movie is the opposite. It just says, like, here's giant spiders wrecking things, an orgy of set destruction. Here you <laughs> go. That That's it. That's all it is. Um, this, this director uh, made a movie in 2000 called They Nest, which I don't think I've seen, and also did a couple of the uh, much later Return of the Living Dead sequels in 2000. Uh, a few a few movies that I could not even get past like the 20 minute mark on by the way they, they don't look good um, but <laughs> I thought this was a nice contrast um, you have the 17 year old scarjo in this this was um, Ooh, yes this was released before ghost right before ghost world which was arguably her uh, her breakout movie you have Tom Noonan in this who we uh, saw in Manhunter and I think we've seen him other times too um, this is this is again like 2002 but this is a 90s movie to me um, this is on Netflix right now this has Kari Werher and I was thinking yes from MTV's remote control yes but as it as it turns out Kari Werher has done a shitload of movies I just <laughs> always think of her as from MTV's remote control she Anaconda was in, uh, we were watching it at, was, the, at yes. High Roller last night she was in Thinner. We talked about the Stephen King movie. She played one of yeah. the uh, Romani people in that movie. Um, she's been in quite a bit of stuff. I didn't really understand why David Arquette was so annoying in this. Like, I don't remember him being <laughs> that annoying in his other roles. Like, he does this weird thing with his face, and his his manner is so irritating in this. I know he, he's like supposed to be this like kind of like aw shucks 
kind of shy guy or whatever. Um, I liked how this starts out with a classic kind of like radio narrator. We saw that in, um, we talked about The Domestics with Mike P. Nelson, movie that he wrote and directed. The same kind of thing. A lot of movies will do that where you have some sort of crazy radio guy, you know, narrating over. Um, this is just give them what they want. Here you go. I didn't mind the CGI. I thought it was fine. Uh, I like the spiders, like, make kind of weird noises and they're they're more sentient than the spiders in arachnophobia they like look at you and shake their heads and kind of like they're <laughs> kind of like cartoon characters um you have the missing pets showing up in this that's like one of the first things everyone's pets go missing we've seen that many times um you know i think this is a fun one if you're cruising around netflix and you've got like movie browsitis just stop on eight-legged freaks uh you, you could do worse um, I had read about this movie that it was based on a short film yes. called Larger Than Life. That's uh, right. It's a black and white, uh, and I watched a little bit of that, and and I th- I thought to myself, like, okay, is this going to be a, a classic example of how Hollywood can ruin a good idea <laughs> with a big budget? Um, so I went into it never seeing it before, um, having known that it was based on this like black and white short film and it had this star studded cast. I love that Scarlett Johansson is in this. Uh, it could be the prequel to black widow. <laughs> Maybe like something occurred. <laughs> wow. What a she book became ends. what a career book black ends. widow. I don't know. Uh, um, I like this more than I thought I would. And again, yes. it goes back to like that, that 1950s like really true throwback monster movie yeah um i I got tremors vibes from this big time yep yeah also uh kind of like a d-list movie or like a stinker that i kind of like mars attacks I love yep. Mars Attacks. Uh, also, it has Stinker, that vibe. excuse me. People hated I Mars Attacks. I love that movie. Are you kidding I loved, me? I loved it too. I loved it too. Um, and I thought like similar to that in this, I accepted the CGI because of the erratic, unpredictable movements of spiders. Like sometimes when I see the Hulk or something in CGI, it's like, well, I know that people or, you know, like, homo sapien shaped beings or whatever don't move like that but i don't know like spiders you can't even you can't pinpoint what they're going to do next i also thought this movie invented the ending of quiet place 2 okay yes yes and i liked that um the guy from cool runnings is in this um and dougie 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 doug dougie doug is a friend of a friend who like my whole career uh he's been like hey I can call Dougie Doug and give him your song and maybe he can. So like, I, I like seeing Dougie Doug in a movie. That was kind of cool. Uh, but anyway, I, I like this way more than I thought I would. Uh, both movies really. Um, so good job. Spider week. Yes. Yeah. Trent's right. This is a nineties movie with a bunch of people that wanted to put early two thousands, new technology to use. So they basically made tremors but they were like, hey, have you seen all this stuff you can do with CGI now? Like, let's totally do it. I don't think that the CGI holds up maybe as well as you do, Kat. In, in certain scenes, like with, with certain lighting and stuff, but like, like the dirt bike scene, for instance, out in the middle of the desert in broad daylight, <laughs> uh, not, not so much. Um, I loved this. And like I said at the beginning, like I've literally 
never even once considered stopping on this movie. So like Trent said, if you're scrolling and struggling to find something to watch, just land on Eight-Legged Freaks and you could do worse. It's true. I love this, but like what <laughs> what you guys were saying, like it it is it's exactly what it's selling itself as. It's a total homage to the 1950s early monster movies. And that's it. That's why David Arquette's so annoying, Trent. He's overacting like the actors in those films. Uh, think about like the end of the original um, Pod People movie. There, what am I? Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Like Kevin, is it Kevin McCarthy? Um, this is like yelling, like they're here. They're so like almost over the top, like uh, winks to all of these like classic movies in this. I loved the cast. I thought that Arquette was fantastic. Look, Arquettes are a fucking national treasure. Just immediately take that family <laughs> and build them a bunker in, in case like we ever actually do come across like giant spiders attacking our world. Uh, Kari Wurr is fantastic. Tom Noonan, like you said, Trent, completely uncredited. Um, and how could you forget that we talked about him in House of the Devil? Because he's amazing in that. Oh, that's the one. Um, yeah, ScarJo's great. Little thin. They didn't get the, the script didn't do her like a whole lot of uh they didn't do her any favors. But she's in this movie like tasing balls, getting fucking webbed to a wall, like Taser the balls. Yeah, yeah tasing the balls, making this dude piss himself. Um yeah, I, I honestly I was shocked when I watched this the first time and I was like, This is fucking awesome. Yeah, there's a lot of ball play this week. I love it. The thing about the CGI that is fine in this is because it's not like when you watch like old Godzilla, King Kong, Rodan, when you watch those old movies, it's not like it's realistic. It's either a guy in a giant rubber suit stomping on model trains or it's stop motion animation. So to me, it kind of worked like you don't need to be I don't necessarily need to believe that the giant spiders are really coming. So I thought that uh, in that sense, it it was, you know, it, it, it was enough like the things that it was kind of trying to tribute. Uh, I loved the use of the mall, Dawn of the Dead, and we've seen that. I didn't know that um, this movie, the original title was Iraq Attack, as in Iraq, <laughs> Arachnids, and it was released that way in some countries, but uh, it was changed because it was uh, thought that it sounded too much like Iraq Attack, and this was like the beginning of the Second yeah. Iraq War, so that's why they changed it to Eight-Legged Freaks, according to the internet at least. Well, I love it because there's that moment when he's screaming from atop of the tower about these eight-legged freaks. So he, I had that moment. That. He ad-libbed that, and that's what led to the new title. <sighs> National treasure, David Arquette, everybody. <laughs> I thought it was a, a pretty gross. The, the, one of the grossest things, of course, the spiders, when they get, um, when they get killed, there's the, all this like green goo, disgusting stuff. But I thought what was uh, more gross than that was the way some of the spiders like squirt their webs, the webbing onto people. Mm-hmm. And it was kind As of they're like gyrating. <laughs> yeah. It's like, Oh, I mean, squirting all over her face. There was you know? like, I mean, there was sexy spider time in arachnophobia. There's some sexy spider time in eight legged freaks. Like we had some serious, it's kind of like, hardcore. Yeah. This is a more hardcore version. Yeah. Speaking this of is porn, the X version X. of, <laughs> well, we talked about the movies in the same order that I watched them. And I'm grateful for that because we have death in this movie. So at least the week in itself like culminated something. Uh, I like the deaths. I like how there was all the different types of spiders and different types of deaths. But it was a big payoff 
Well, I mm-hmm. think it's our first uh, our first ostrich death. Yes, mm. the ostriches. Get it. This actually reminded me a little bit of Starship Troopers, even. Oh, good call. Like me too, me too. Dirt, you know, yeah. the dirt bike scenes where the, the spiders are coming. I mean, I just, liked that. It was just so goofy. Like, how could yeah. you watch this, like, going into it being like, I'm ready to watch this serious horror film. Like, if you go into it being like, trying to make a podcast about it, you know, like, it's not going to be as fun. If you go into it being like, this is going to be so stupid then it's going to be fun for you. And and it does have some underlying meanings. I'll bring politics into this. Let's, let's go. Capitalism. Yeah, <laughs> capitalism is the enemy. The mayor was trying to sell out oh, that land. That's and right. And he was bringing people in to store their toxic waste in the town. Yes. And that's how we ended up in this mess. So once again, Wade, socialism well, you mentioned Jaws. Should you mentioned Jaws. Be, yeah. He's like the mayor from Jaws. Yes. yes, he's even grimier though, with a nicer yeah. ponytail. Yeah, he's that's a, a good point. Pony. That's that's a classic scenario out of horror: is the the greedy mayor or whatever that either you know in in Jaws he doesn't want to stop the the tourism money coming in. In this, he wants to uh, he wants to sell off the town, and David Arquette comes back. Uh, he's been gone for ten years, and he has some ideas of his own. So yeah, that mm. that's a good point. And he's making the deals with the. Uh, the toxic waste people the toxic avengers <laughs> out there you know this is basically toxic avenger with I cannot reiterate again they like keep your spiders away from toxic waste <laughs> they're gonna want to go for it and it's not good for them or maybe it is i mean i think the most fa- famous spiders of all time are the spiders that lay in the toxic waste the other ones we just smush under our feet. My one complaint, I guess, about this would be that there's a little too much shooting for me. It almost gets into like an action realm. Like, I don't need that much shooting. You know, it's like, I know that you got all the spiders coming out. And How you else have, are like, you supposed to combat these spiders? I know, you have like two shotguns and you have a hundred spiders and I don't know. It was fine. <laughs> Just there's, there's a limit to how much shooting I want in my horror movie. No, I get bored with shooting. Yeah. Like, it's, it's ironic to me that movies are called action movies that have like lots of shooting in it because it like honestly like puts me to sleep. Yeah, that's like the most boring thing to shoot, pew, shoot, pew, shoot. Pew, like, pew. oh my God. Okay, Trent, Trent, car, best case scenario, you are faced with a horde of spiders. What weapon would you think would be most effective against these spiders? That's, that's a good question. If I could only have one weapon and I have a horde of giant spiders. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I mean, I don't flamethrower. That's flame that's it. There's yeah, the answer. That, that's what you need. Yeah, you need that a flaming need. aerosol can and a nail or gun, a grenade, or a Molotov cocktail for me. Yeah, rocket launcher maybe. You know, I think that I would be less afraid of creatures if they were big, like when you had mice in the space uh, or rats and rats. Uh, if they were bigger, I think I would be less afraid of them. It's because they're small that it creeps me out. Spiders aren't really particularly scary to me. I mean, I I don't want one crawling on me at night or anything, but but they do. Especially if if these uh, what did you call it uh, scent something? Uh, but if these spiders have an agenda and they can think and everything, you could Sentient? reason with the spider. Sentient. You know, so that adds a whole other thing to the the monster movie thing because usually it's just some dumb headed monster that wants to kill you because you're small. 
Well, I think that's what I don't think they were actually. That reminds me, Kat. You you mentioned the the spider. I don't think um, spiders really murder. I think murder. I think implies a level of intent that. Uh, I think they had intent animal, in this one. They were eating them. Were they? I guess they were eating them a little yeah, more so in this one than they were in arachnophobia. In arachnophobia, they were like draining their blood. In this one, it was the queen. It was all the other spiders were competing to bring her back, like the tastiest prize. Yes, I, I prefer the things that want to kill you because they just want you dead, not because they want nutrients from you or blood or whatever, like. It, it just makes it more evil if they just they just want your life to end. Movies like Alien and Aliens, where like they're using you as a host or like the thing. Uh, I think some of that stuff is actually like more terrifying because to me the scariest thing it would be way more scary for something to be like I'm gonna come wrap you up in a bunch of my webs, drag you away while you're still alive, and then my queen is gonna come suck you dry. Then for like you, Dave, to just come nice. up behind me and oh, stab yeah. me in the head, and I'm dead in this a second. Is, uh, this is sounding better and better. <laughs> I, I, I think I would just. It's making me feel like, guys... my, like coffee must be so terrified of me. <laughs> I, would, I would just, I would just let the spiders just bukkake me with their. This movie did have. This movie did have like a spider like. It looked like a jizz scene. That's what I'm saying. You guys have been like watch, white... You guys watched X yesterday. This is why this is such a such a sexual episode right yeah, now. Alien <laughs> freaks. I will say, obviously, I think my favorite character was Harlan, played by Dave's friend Dougie Doug, the conspiracy theorist. I definitely didn't understand any of his jokes when I watched it when I was ten, but I thought they were pretty funny now, so I was into it. Did you guys have a um? A favorite type of spider from this movie? Trapdoor. Mm-hmm. Mm. That was a good one. I guess mm-hmm. I don't, but I, I did appreciate that all the spiders are real. They used, you know, trapdoor spiders, jumping spiders. They used all the spiders that were in this were real different kinds of spiders. So I, I enjoyed the attention to detail. I think Trent's favorite was the spitting spider. Yeah, the spitting spider. That's <laughs> what I like. <laughs> Trent, I'm, I remember you and I being on tour and like spiders were a. Uh, yes, a menace to us at one point. They were like a problem, and scorpions, yes. scorpions, and spiders. That's right. We slept in the van with doors locked, and we we're hoping that they would get John and Craig instead of us. <laughs> yes. Like, did you think they would somehow open the doors? You had to lock the van. Yeah, spiders can pick locks. No, yeah, that, no, was, that, to, was, that just was to keep it, John and Craig out. <laughs> you know, there aren't many scorpion horror movies. There should be more. Yeah, there should be. We've got the template. All you have the to do Scorpion is Scorpion King is a horror movie, I put think. Put some scorpions in there. <laughs> if you try horrible. to watch a horrible movie. <laughs> I'd like to see a Scorpio horror movie. Am I right, Kat? It's oh, me. Oh, it's just that. me. It's just following me around for a day. One of the things uh, about this movie is we, we talked about like the special effects and how they hold up. It's one of those things where like it's almost like every new technology, like... If you think about like when Autotune first came about or like Beat Detective or some of these like, um, you know, production things that, that we could bring into the studio. <clears throat> and at the time, we're like, this is so awesome. And just like a couple years later, you're like, that sounds so terrible. That sounds so like mechanical. I think special effects is like the same thing. Like we just recently watched uh, the original Lord of the Rings trilogy with our daughter. And mm-hmm. even that like... Even that at the time was like groundbreaking special effects and it looks dated. 
So I, I'm I'm curious. Like, how dare you? Know, you? Well, I, I still love them. Don't get me wrong, but I think it's one of the like technology is one of those things where it's dangerous to use in a piece of art because it's evolving so rapidly that you're going to be dated so That's much right. faster than you mm-hmm. were, you know, than than back in the day. Like, I'd much rather see like a picture of like you know Pink Floyd wrapping analog tape around mic stands to create delay than to like hear that first like digital delay pedal that you could get. Um, that's gonna it's gonna sound dated. It's also kinda like uh when like Nickelback was invented, like Bush was good again. You're like, oh, like Bush seems good now. <laughs> no, I'm not sure if that's the point I was trying to make, but I do appreciate <laughs> no, that that's comment. Just, <laughs> but no, it that's has true. that quality. This movie has that quality where uh you forgive it for what came after it. Because in this time in horror there was a lot of trash in my opinion and this movie is actually not trash it's it's kind of good uh next week we're gonna be talking about um i believe it's pronounced Titan. we talked about uh raw i don't remember which episode can you say the the writer and director's name kevin uh julia de corno wow so good yeah so the follow-up uh Titan from last year dave and i saw this in the theater kevin you've seen it cat did you see Titan yet negative on the Titan. Oh, Very you exciting. are in for a treat. It, it's kind of a yep. uh, a who made who week or a, a man in metal, people in metal week or something. I don't know how how you would describe it, Dave, but we're also going to talk about Maximum Overdrive from 1986, directed the only, uh, I think the only feature uh, directorial effort from Stephen King based on the short story Trucks by Stephen King from uh, Night Shift once again. That's on VOD. I'm very excited for both of those. It's been a long time since I last saw Maximum Overdrive. <laughs> 